Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Mon and Taryn. And welcome back to our Encounter with God segment, which we're going to kick off right after we have another clue for okay, our okay. I think that this one is a dead giveaway. Oh, yeah. But we uh, will still say it and allow the people to call in. Yeah, go on. So <laughs> this is an easy one. So King Nebuchadnezzar was my father. Who was King Nebuchadnezzar's son that made Daniel the third highest ruler in the kingdom and drank wine from the golden silver goblets taken from the Lord's temple? Yeah. Who that? Who that? Who's that one? (laughs) So give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or send us a text on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure someone's going to get this one right. It's it's actually easy peasy, and uh, it's actually a really funny story, um, which I'll tell you a little bit more about when we give the next clue. Okay, the next clue is like what this guy is really famous yeah. for the story. Yeah, and um, but there's a little there's a little bit of the story where people sort of miss it, and it's it's really. Funny. I feel like the next clue is easier than that last one. Yeah, I mean, sure. sorry, it's harder than that last one. Oh, do you reckon? Let me have a look. Mm, no, because that's the story that he's really, really famous for, right? Yeah, I know. But and there's, and we literally have a, uh, we literally have a, a phrase in the English language yeah. where where it comes from this story. People don't often realize it's a biblical story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear about it, whatever yes. our English phrase is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into our encounter with God. Now, yesterday we looked at the mark of the beast, and uh, you know, which sounds kind of scary, uh, but we we discovered that you know the difference between true and false worship. You know, one we we follow God, and the other we don't you know, follow God's. I guess follow follow God's commandments for how he should he wants to be worshipped. And looking at the Ten Commandments, look at the fourth commandment, um, which is to you know you know um, keep the Sabbath day holy. The mm-hmm. Sabbath being the seventh day of the week, um, Saturday, that is. Yeah. And, uh, and false worship, uh, we looked at how the, the, the devil, you know, through different nations and different, uh, you know, leaderships of these nations, um, attempts to change uh, his mm. time and his laws. They try and change the Ten Commandments and they try and change the time of the Sabbath. The Sabbath, you know, is important because it's, it's, it's a sign between God and his people. We also looked earlier in the week at signs between, you know, God and his people. Um, you know, we, you know, in the Old Testament times they had like circumcision and now we have um and now we have the Sabbath. Mm. And it's something to signify that there's a relationship, an important relationship between God and between us. And so the devil tried to is trying to and, and you know, sadly with quite some success, at changing the times of the Sabbath. Mm. And uh and of course, you know, so many Christian denominations these days um, as pagan pagan religions as well, they all worship on Sunday, which is actually not the true Sabbath. This might come as a, a bit of a surprise to some people to mm. to learn that yeah. God never God never ordained Sunday as a day of worship. He never hallowed it. You, you're certainly free to worship on a Sunday, as we are on a Monday and a Tuesday, Tuesday and a Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, every day of the week you feel free to worship. But it's important to notice that it's not the holy Sabbath day. It's not the one that he set apart. It's not the one that he mm. calls us to obey. The one that he calls us to meet him. Yeah, um, and that being the true Sabbath, um, <coughs> the Saturday Sabbath, and. We we actually, Taryn, uh, a few weeks ago now, we had um, a challenge. Oh, uh, the challenge still stands to this day um, on Faith FM, where we offered up a thousand dollars to anyone who could call us and give us a verse 
um, showing that Sunday is the true Sabbath day. Wow. Yeah, because we went through every single verse, every single verse in the Bible that mentions Sunday. Yeah. Or like the first day of the week, yeah. like referen- you know, referring to it. And I think there's only like nine, nine, of the, nine verses. But we looked at all of them and none of them in any which way whatsoever signified that the Sunday was the Sabbath. That's insane. Yeah. None of them. None of them whatsoever. Okay. So the the, the offer still stands. There's still a $1,000 just so sitting So it doesn't there. sound like anyone's going to grab that $1,000 then, does it? <laughs> we had a couple of people call up and give it a good crack. Um, but unfortunately, you know, every single uh, verse that refers to Sabbath yeah. refers to the Saturday Sabbath. And every verse that refers to a Sunday just refers to like any old Sunday. There you, you know, go. Nothing specific about Sabbath. Yeah. So interesting to note, Sabbath, um, you know, is the true, uh, Saturday is the true Sabbath. And not only is it the true Sabbath, but it is actually the sign of God's people. Like people who keep the Sabbath are keeping God's, you know, the sign between yeah. God and them. And the, and the mark of the beast being the counterfeit of this, you know, huh. Sunday worship. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and you know, Revelation prophesies and tells us there in, you know, Revelation um, 12, 13, 14 about how, you know, at the end of times, which is what this whole, like, uh, three months of study is about, uh, uh, April, May and June, yep. uh, is all about preparation for the end times. And so this little pocket, this little pocket of study is about the mark of the beast and it tells us how um, at the end times uh, the, the devil and, you know, the powers that he's pushing forward with, through will try to enforce Sunday keeping and try and prevent people from worshipping on the Sabbath. And that's uh-huh. where we the rubber really hits the yeah. road. So it's going to be a forced thing. Yes. Yeah. Not yet. It's not yet forced. So no one yet has the mark of the beast. Even uh-huh. if people are worshipping on Sunday and not worshipping on Sabbath, they don't yet have the mark of the okay. beast because they have not yet been called to make a decision when it com- when it really comes to it. Because it's easy to say, oh, you know, I just want to worship on Sunday. And if it really comes to it, you know, if we're going to be forced, then I'll switch to sa- Sabbath. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in that moment, you have to think of those boys, um, you know, there's Daniel in the lion's den and um, and his little comrades. What were they called again? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Shadrach, made, make the maiden a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when, they were, when they were told to, you know, bow down to the, to the idol and uh, that must have been such like a heart-stopping moment. Yeah. To know but, that it's either death. Yeah, but they were preparing for that, weren't they? Their entire yes. life. Like, you know, you you remember the story about when they went to, um, when they first got captured and they were in the king's palace and the king was giving them all of these, you know, foods that were offered up to their idols and unclean meats and all of that. And they, you know, they believed that as um, God's people that God had told them not to eat food that had been offered up to idols. And so right from the very beginning that they were brought into Babylon they were saying no to um, little things or big things you Mm -hmm. know um, and standing up for their God the one true God and so when it came to them bowing down to another idol it was second nature for them to say no because they'd been saying no all the way along Mm -hmm. I mean as hard as it would have been um, you know they'd they'd had that practice in in following and worshipping 
God in the way that he intended. And I think, you know, that's the same for us. You know, God puts different um, mm-hmm. little things in our lives to not to test us, but just to allow us the opportunity to choose him over and over and over again. And so when it comes time um, for, you know, the mark of the beast to be enforced and to be um, pressured onto us, it won't be as hard for us to stand up for our belief in um, in the truth that God has called us to because God has been preparing us. And I think that that's why, um, you know, a lot of us, like a lot of, of Christians say, oh, well, when it comes time for the mark of the beast, like, you know, I'll just do whatever I want until I see the mark of the beast and then I'll quickly clean up my life and follow yep. Jesus. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, it should just be a continuation But it needs of a to be a, exactly. Yeah. It needs to be a daily relationship with Jesus where mm-hmm. we're saying yes to him every single day, not just doing whatever we want, partying however we want. And then, you know, when we see the sun, of the mark of the beast going oh whoops jesus uh-huh. is coming soon i need it's, to get my life together so many so, people have that belief what they don't realize is if you wait until that time it's actually too late exactly yeah because yeah. your tastes will not align with what god has for that's you right. you won't have any interest it's yeah it's a dangerous thing to put off tomorrow what you can do today exactly yeah so, yeah um when i was a little girl taryn mm. my mummy bought me a a, you can still buy these actually and it wasn't an ancient one but it was styled anciently you know, mm-hmm. had that sort of like ancient style um a little uh stamp uh-huh and uh but it didn't come with an ink pad it came with a little stick of wax oh that's so cool uh-huh and then i read i remember very distinctly it had a stick of red wax and a stick of gold wax oh that's gold, amazing shimmery wax and the stamp, um, it looked like you know one of those stamps you find at the bank yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but instead of having a rectangular, it was just like a circle at the bottom. Yeah. And if you looked at the circle, it was actually the letter M, M for Mon, oh. M for Monica. And it was really pretty. It had like this decorative frill yeah. to it. It had little like flowers and leaves and stuff. And I loved that thing so much. Guess what I would do with it? What? I'm going to tell you right after this break. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So I'd write a letter to my friends because uh-huh. I was. This was before text messages and yep. emails because <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, you are. And, yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and I would I'd write them a letter because I was I was I was actually uh, I had great penmanship uh-huh. and I'd often rewriting letters to various friends around the country and uh, and I'd write the letter. I stick it in the envelope. I'd lick it and seal it, but then I would get this wax stick and I'd light a match or a, uh, a fire, you know, a fire lighter. Yeah. And um, and I'd hold the wax in the flame and let the wax melt in the flame, and then it would drip, and I'd make sure it dripped oh. right onto where the where the envelope closes where it's sealed. And then when I had a couple of drops, sometimes I'd mix the red and the gold together, <gasps> oh, like drop, put so two pretty. drops side by side, or put one drop inside the other, and then I'd get my little M stamp and I'd. Stamp it into the hot, oh. gooey, melted wax, and I'd hold it there for a minute, and then I'd pull the seal, the the, the stamp away, yeah. and there'd be a seal with an M on it. And oh, it was so cool, Taryn. That's so I'm cool. I'm pretty sure I still have it amongst all my Kinder Kinder junk somewhere in a box. But the thing is, I. I love that thing so much. I would write letters just so I could use this. <laughs> That's fair. I would be too. <laughs> I write like the shortest letters ever just so I could use my stamp. <laughs> and so, and that's called, that's actually um, what they call a seal. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, back in the day when they used those 
commonly uh-huh. um, they were they were they were a silver and it was it was like a signature it was more than just like an m it was actually something that was used to to validate a document uh-huh. um and they would do the same thing they would press it into soft wax or clay and it would show authenticity or ownership um, you know, and it would actually carry the authority of the owner behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, mine was just decorative, you know. Yes. Mine would arrive in the mail at my mate's house and they'd be like, oh, here's Mon with her letter, <laughs> with her stamp again. Yeah. And um, but there was, there's no weight behind the stamp. Yeah. I mean, when it arrived, they knew it was from me because yeah. it was the letter M and they knew that I had the, the wax thing. Yeah. Um, but anyone else on the planet with the letter M, you know, could have been easily confused. But but back when they used these kind of seals, it, you know, each each stamp – was different yeah. to each owner and they were significant and um, and they carried, you know, authority. Yeah. And so, like, if you got one, if you got like, a letter from the, the royal family or something and it had the royal seal in it, wow, what a yeah. thing to get in the mail and everyone would know because it had the royal emblem, yeah. you know. Thing. It was just something so special. Yeah. It's like one of those, sometimes, like, I get letters in the mail and I'm like, oh, that's not important. I'll just put it aside mm-hmm. because I can't mm-hmm. be bothered to, oh, it's another bill. I'm not going to yeah. open that right now. Does it have a window? <laughs> And yeah, it can it go away, <laughs> chuck it in the bin. It's probably just junk mail. But, you know, with the royal seal, like you mm-hmm. knew that, wow, this is important. This is something that I need to pay attention to. Yeah. I need to mm-hmm. know what is going on with this. Yeah, exactly. We are going to look today, would you believe, at the seal of God. Oh, God has a yeah. stamp and a, well, some wax. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so our first question, of course, is what is the seal of God and how and when is it given? Does God write us letters and stamp them with some waxy seal? Let's have a look. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Cool, cool. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says... In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Mm. And also uh, chapter 4 and verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Feeling like there's this whole theme of the Holy Spirit in here. Yeah, very interesting. So we have some sealing going on. What's going on in these verses? Yeah, so pretty much all it's saying is that um, each of us, you know, when um, I guess we have salvation, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So in... in um, Chapter 1, verse 14 says, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance um, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? So, like, when we've been saved, like, Jesus came, he died on the cross, he's offered us salvation, all we have to do is accept that. Um, you know, we, we receive the Holy Spirit as the guarantee that, you know, we are saved, we are, you know, purchased by his blood you know we are a part of his family um until we see him coming in the clouds and are whisked off to heaven with him you know this is what is um you know guaranteeing it proving that we have been saved so the seal of god is not like a a waxy stamp that he stamps on our forehead or stamps on like our backside or stamps on our hand or anything no so it doesn't seem like it doesn't no it doesn't seem like it at all let's have another look at another verse uh second timothy 2 19 second timothy chapter 2 and verse 19 
you are listening in, feel free to turn your Bibles with us. But if you're driving, let us do the turning for you. <laughs> let you us turn, read it. You turn for the you. wheel, we'll turn the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you can hear the pages flicking. Okay, so Second Timothy chapter two and verse nineteen says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Ooh, okay. So this this is actually very interesting. So here we have God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with the inscription, the Lord knows who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. So here we have, actually your verse is quite different to mine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Let me have a look in our, in our third Bible. Can you read yours one more time? So nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity is another word for sin. Mm. So, this, so. Is, this is actually getting a bit clearer now. So here we have the ceiling is, is the Lord knowing that we are his. Mm. But how is it that we are his? Um, when we take the name of Christ mm-hmm. um, and then it says everyone who does take the name of Christ, like depart from iniquity. So let those depart from sin. And sin being the, you know, what, what is sin exactly? Sin really is just doing uh, whatever, like a um, something that separates us from God, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, God has given us his commandments. He's given us a way to, of life. And, you know, if he's given us that because that is how we stay close to him. But um, when we disobey his law, then we sin um, and that put separation between us and God because God cannot be in the presence of sin. Mm. So it's breaking breaking his law so and doing against his wishes. So that would be that would include breaking the Ten Commandments. Yes. And going against his worship. Which would include the the Sabbath of course. Definitely so breaking the, the Sabbath, Sabbath is the fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. Breaking the Sabbath is is a sin. And uh, and I guess uh, if we wanted to turn away from iniquity, that would include turning away from false worship, would it not? It would indeed. So we are sealed by God recognizing us as his, um, you know, which is a sign. We need that sign between him and him mm. and us. So he knows that we're going to be his. We want to make that sign to him. And we do that by turning away from sin mm. and by, by following true worship as, uh, as per his requirement. Let's have a look at another verse. Let's have a look at Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 4. Okie dokie. Revelation chapter 7. Verses one, two, four. Do you want to read this on one? Uh, you go ahead. You okay. Go ahead. I like your version, your Bible. Okay. Um, After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to uh, granted yet to harm the earth and the sea saying do not harm the earth and the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our god on their foreheads and i heard the number of those who were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of israel were sealed Mm, some interesting stuff happening in here let's quickly jump over to revelation 14 verse 1 before we start talking about what we just read Okie dokie. Revelation 14 verse 1 says, Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. Wow. 
144,000. Big number. Taryn, is that all that's going to be saved at the end times? No. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) This has been one of the big questions of of as long as I can remember. People have been arguing whether or not the 144,000 is a literal or symbolic number. We're just going to very quickly say about this, what I've been told, what I was taught as a young Bible worker. Pray that it isn't, live like it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> The fair. Bible isn't clear, so we're actually going to move on from that. And we're going to start talking about um, these four angels and what they were doing to people. But we're going to have a quick break. This is Sailor with the song, How Deep the Father's Love for How Us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond our measure. That he should give his only son To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon him.
Welcome back to Faith FM. We are discussing Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 to 4. Taryn, do you want to read it one more time for us? Yeah, I think that's a good idea because uh, we've had a song in between and mm-hmm. I've certainly forgotten what we've read. So let's read it again. Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 through to 4. It says, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And then we jumped over to Revelation 14, verse 1. Mm-hmm. And it said, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. So we've had a look now at several verses, uh, Ephesians, Second Timothy, and Revelation. And we're really getting this picture, this picture mm. that, that the seal of God is a positive thing for, for starters. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's a sign. It's a sign of God's ownership and protection of his people. Yeah. Just the same way that, you know, having those ancient seals or the seals that I used to do as a kid on the back of my letters, yeah. it showed ownership. It showed that this was from me. This was yeah. mine. It belonged to me. It had my name on it. it had my authority on it. And... Um, and this is the same sign, you know, God puts his ownership and his protection on us. And, uh, and, you know, and, and Paul describes um, a ceiling in connection with conversion and with reception uh, of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And he, uh, he calls this gift a deposit or a down payment, so to speak, uh, given to all believers as an assurance um, of complete redemption and future inheritance that they will receive when Jesus comes. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, because, absolutely. you know, the Holy Spirit comes with so much power as mm. well. And, you know, you can really see the Holy Spirit moving and working in your life. So there's, there's this change that happens in a person um, because a lot of people are like, oh, they give the like God gives us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? How do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? Well, you just know, like, you know, he works in your life. He Mm -hmm. changes you. You become, you know, a person that is more and more like Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the book of Revelation, um, it actually describes like another sealing just prior to the second event, the Mm. second coming of Christ. And this final seal is given to the 144,000 at the time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the latter rain. And uh, 144,000, is it figurative? Is it literal? We don't know. The Bible isn't clear. People have many different opinions about this, but I would say, do you know what? Don't worry too much about it. Yeah. It's not a salvation issue. To Let's decide. focus on the seal rather yeah. than yeah. how many are being and, sealed. Um, and like like my old uh, my old Bible working friend, Daniel Gomez, used to say, pray that it isn't, but live like it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, pray that there's obviously more than just 144,000 yeah. saved, um, but live like it might just be and you need to be in that, in that small yeah. number of people. And, uh, and so these 144,000, these are the people of God. They, they have God's name or, or signature written in their foreheads. Um, and through the Holy Spirit's work in their lives, they have come to reflect God's character. Does, Taryn, does that mean like we get like a tattoo across our forehead? Definitely. The number 777. <laughs> 
tattooed across our forehead. No, I'm Heresy. kidding. I'm kidding. Please. No, I promise. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> no. no, but I love, um, I love what Chris said yesterday mm. about how, you know, the mark of the beast is on the forehead and on the hands, you know, it's, it's a works thing. Like yeah. they're trying to work their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather the seal of God is only on our foreheads you know he changes god changes the way that we think um when we um receive the seal you know he Mm -hmm. um it's it's a thought thing it's a conscious choice to follow jesus and to believe in who he is um it's not by any means receiving anything on our hands so that we can work our way to heaven this is only just a gift of god and it's let's actually have a look at that a bit further let's let's contrast the seal of god with the mark of the beast in this regard Uh um so let's have a look at the differences that i mentioned between them uh let's open uh how about you read out revelation 7 verse 3 again and i'll read out uh 14 verse 9 Okay, so Revelation 7 verse 3 says, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And then 14 verse 9 says, Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, uh, must drink the wine of God's anger. So the seal that is given to true worship, to the true worshippers of God... Well, it's a mark that is given to worshippers on the beast. We have yeah. a seal and we have a mark. The seal is only given in the forehead, yeah. which is which is indicating like a definite choice of the mind yeah. to worship God in the way that He is commanded. Like it's a, it's a it's a decision we've mm. made with their brain. Um, and I love that God gives us free choice. Absolutely, you know, because it's without, not forced on us. This it, seal isn't forced to be on us. We we get that choice. Yeah, and without choice, it's it's just not it's not an honest decision. Yeah, because without without choice. We don't have true love. That's right. The mark, on the other hand, um, is either given in the forehead or on the hand. And this means that people may worship the beast for one of two reasons. So either in their minds, they actually agree with it. They are thinking that they are truly worshiping God or they don't agree with it, but they're just going along with it because they're afraid of like serious consequences of not conforming or being, you know, unable to buy or sell and eventually being killed. Yeah. So you can, you can do, you can acquiesce in your mind or you can just acquiesce with your, with your, with your, you know, with your actions. Mm. So this is, you know, you know, when you were a kid, I'm sure you probably heard this in church when they were doing the, the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego story. And that, you know, they would tell about how the three boys were told to worship and bowed down to an idol, mm. but they refused and they stood tall and they got thrown into a fiery furnace. Mm. And then the teacher would always say, what would you do? And I used to think I was so clever. I'd be like, I would pretend to tie my shoelace. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm just tying my shoe. But, I'm not bowing down. But this is exactly what this is addressing. So, yeah. you know, in my mind, I may not have gotten the mark of the beast, but by bowing down yeah. just to get out of the punishment yeah. is, a, is a work. So it's, it's, exactly. It's something I haven't mentally... Um, subscribe to, but I'm physically going through the motions, yeah. and that's the same. Yeah, it's it's you get the mark of the beast that way. So those who you are who are uniting uh, with the beast, uh, sorry, are uniting with the world, um, are receiving like the worldly the mold, and mm. they're preparing for the mark of the beast. And those who are like the distrustful of themselves, and and they're humbling themselves before God, and they want to purify their souls by obeying the truth. These are the people who receive the, the heavenly mold and they're preparing for the seal of God's in their foreheads. Mm. Um, so that's that's the contrast there. And we, we want to be careful about, you know, like you said earlier today, Taryn, um, everything we do now 
is leading us to the decision that we have to make that's one it. day. Yeah. And we can't take this lightly. We can't say, oh, that's down the track. We'll deal with it when we get there. You need to prepare now. Mm. You need to be deciding every day so that when you get there, instead of it sort of suddenly being something almost like an impossible task, it's really just a continuation of a relationship that you that's already it. have with Christ. Yeah. yeah. And I love, and like, I think that that's, you know, I love that that's the seal of God on our foreheads as well. Like that's, you know, in our mind, that's where the Holy Spirit impresses us and, and works with us to have that relationship with God, you know, and that's how we continue to have that relationship is, you know, God says, come, let us reason together. You know, mm. he's an intellectual being. We're, he's created us to be intellectual beings. And through that intellect, we can have that relationship with Jesus. Now, you're probably wondering a little bit more about what exactly the seal of God is. We know the mark of the beast is false worship. Uh, We are going to spend some time tomorrow looking at um, the seal and and precisely like just really digging in and finding out exactly what it is. Let's have a quick prayer just to finish off. Father, Lord, we just thank you um, that you have given us the blessing of the seal. Lord, may each of us just continue to have a deeper relationship with you every day and receive that seal at your end time. Amen. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the question of the day. Give us a call if you have a question. 1-800-FAITH-FM Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to But the best thing we-
Welcome back to Faith FM. We have the final clue for the quiz. Yes, we do. Now, this is an interesting clue. I thought this was a harder clue, but you thought it was easier. So I'm just going to say it and uh, let you tell your story that uh-huh. you told us you were going to tell before. Yes, yes. So the last clue that we have today is who am I? I saw a hand appear from nowhere and right on my palace wall, many 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 tickle parson my name begins with a b many many tickle up parson yes okay so this was a king and uh and um this is where the phrase the writings on the wall comes from because the, ah. like, the evidence is clear it was written on the wall for him to read yeah and uh and the funny story about it i'm trying to find it in the bible i'm, I'm having trouble because we got distracted in our break <laughs> and, uh, and i can't find the daniel verse. Tw- uh, 5 verse 25 in, the story is in daniel 5 but the verse i'm looking for it, it's really funny because when so this king is having like a, a debauched um party basically and he's being blasphemous and he's using uh temple items and um and uh, this hand appears uh-huh. and starts to write on his on his palace wall. Yeah, and he he's so frightened that he wets his pants. Oh, <laughs> radio! So you, you can read the story, and uh, you'll find the verse where it talks about how uh, his knees were shaking and he loses his bowels. Anyway. That's moving hilarious. away from moving away from this uh, evil ruler. If you, by the way, if you know the answer, if you know who that was, who who was it that uh, soiled himself when he saw a hand, a giant hand, right on his wall? Give us a call. The number is one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one 843 or you can text us at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or just message us on like Instagram or Facebook yeah, or something. That's it. We have a question of the day. Yes. It's been texted through to me. And uh, the question is, you know, how does like the four horsemen and these crazy beasts and the other scary stuff talked about in Revelation show a God of love? Good question. Good question because mm. indeed Revelation in and Daniel are filled with lots of scary imagery. Yeah. And um, and it can be confusing to think, you know, because it sounds like a horror movie, right, at some point. So of you're course. Like, how, how, yeah. could this, how could this indicate a yeah. God of love? But the, the thing we have to remember, you know, what we've been studying um, out for the last m- couple of months is that everything is in symbols and it's in, it's, it's kind of imagery. Mm. So, the, you know, there aren't like a lot of it isn't literal in yeah. terms of you aren't, you're not going to see a great big red beast wearing, you know, 10, ten heads and that kind of thing. Because a lot of them were um, visions, hey. They were visions. Yeah. Um, but God, God is love, and He He wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be ready. Mm. He wants us to know what's going to happen. He, he He wants to take care of us, and He tells us what's going to happen. He's told us for so many thousands of years through the use of this imagery, um, through the use of these symbols. You know, often language gets lost, but a mm. symbol can mean the same thing for eternity. Yeah, and uh, and so His love for us is so great that He He wants us to be ready. He wants us to mm. be aware of how the world is going to end. Of all the stuff taking place, the powers that are going to um, mm. they're going to they're going to be at that time, and what they're going to be trying to do to us, he wants us to be uh, fully prepared, fully mm. ready, and uh, and his love for us um, is shown very clearly throughout. Yeah, Revelation. it reminds me of that verse in Matthew where um, Jesus says, "He's like, I've told you these things before it comes mm-hmm. to pass, so that when it does come to pass, you may believe." And you know that's exactly right. Like we've seen in Revelation, all of the like we as we interpret these dreams and visions and um, prophecies that we can see that when they come to pass that you know we can believe that God has warned us and we can believe in Jesus and you know we can be ready for his second coming and ultimately it does reveal that God is a God of love 
So, good good question. Stay tuned. This is The Man Comes Around. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame Everybody won't be treated all the same There'll be a golden ladder reaching down When the man comes around The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers. One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree Virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns When the man comes around Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks in measured a hundredweight and penny pound 
comes around And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts And I looked and behold a pale horse And his name that sat on him was Death And hell followed with him Instructions for 
Welcome back to Faith FM. Taryn, I found it. You found it? I found Because you were like, as if there's a story in the Bible about someone wearing their pants. As if. Check this out. Uh-huh. So this, this evil dude from our quiz, yep. right? Who, the Who Am I? I'm going to read out a verse about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is Daniel chapter 5, verse 6. So he's just sitting. He's just seen the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, okay, you know how I said the writing on the wall comes from, this is where the story, that, that, that phrase comes yeah. from. Also weighed in the balance and found wanting. That phrase also comes from this story. Oh. So it's actually quite a significant story in terms of English language. Yeah. So, um, so chapter five, verse six. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, Ooh. and his knees smote one against another. Joints of his loins were loosed is an old-fashioned, timey way of saying he wet himself. He wet himself, and the and his knees smote one against another. Means his knees were knocking. There you go. There so you he have was it, a little folks. bit scared about the hand right yeah. on the wall. Yeah, that's our mm. last clue for the day. Give us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number to call. She even gave you the chapter that it was in. Yeah. So Come no on excuses now. here. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. We have one giveaway that you don't even have to answer a question for. You can just nope. call up. What is it? Or messages. Yeah. Yeah. So, I decided to pull out of the box today The Four Winds of Revelation by Kenneth Cox. I noticed that we, I read it today in um, uh, Revelation chapter 7. There was something about four winds and, you know, the angels holding back the four winds and don't let them hit the earth or the sea or the Uh tree. And I'm Uh like, what is this? So, I decided to get a book that our listeners can call up and understand more about what that is. So, if you had that question, like Mm. I did, then... All you need to do is give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843 or send us a text on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook or on Instagram and we will get you this prize of the four winds of revelation and you too can know more about the four winds of revelation mm, a very fascinating book written by the famous kenneth cox he's a famous evangelist um the four winds of revelation if you want to just contact us we're gonna be back tomorrow morning after the seven o'clock news but in between now and then feel free to give us a call you can ask us questions of the day you can ask us um how you can get in touch with more bible studies if you want to know more information you can pick up any of the prizes still today and of course taryn mm. Thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Yes. Oh, oh, by the Pleasure. way, don't what? forget, uh, listeners, call us and tell us what you're grateful for. We yeah. love hearing about gratitude we stories do. all throughout the day. Yeah. Or yeah. if you have a good news story oh, yeah. that's going on in your life, life, your community, your neighborhood, let us know. We would love to tell um, the country about what's going on in your town.